about you Accusations we both know are wrong It's not true What they say about you It's not true What they say about you And welcome back to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Travis. I got my brother Quentin with me. Two boys. Talking about two boys today, Q. <laughs> you know? Couple uh, Texan boys talking about a couple Norwegians. That's right. Boys, that is. Men. <laughs> uh they're men so are we some some might say that we're men but yeah we're talking about kings of convenience today Th- there's no other voice pair of voices right those are unmistakable so if you're familiar with these guys you probably know who that was uh, who played us in as our intro or if you read the title of the episode you would know that we're talking about kings of convenience these guys have and will always have a special place in both of our hearts, uh, there's just something about what happens when these guys start harmonizing. Kind of like, uh, kind of like when we talked about uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. When these, when those three voices got together, right? Magic happened. It's on par with with Simon and Garfunkel, you know, like yeah, definitely. Once in a you know however many decades kind of pairing. Yeah. Um. And dude, we had to wait twelve years to hear these boys harmonize together again, and. Man, does it feel great to hear some new tunes from them. It's, yeah, it's one of those things where um, it happened last year when um, when Ireland put out a new record or a new single under the Whitest Boy Alive banner where you and I were like, dude, new track, Whitest Boy Alive, listen to it right the fuck now. Yeah, right? it doesn't matter what you're doing, press play. Same thing happened earlier this year. We actually put it on... Um, it was an intro for one of our What You Heard's. Uh, we played Rocky Trail, which is the single, one of the singles off this record. But yeah, it's a stop Stop what you're doing and and put on some headphones and push play because something special is about to happen. And anytime these guys make music together, something special happens. Yeah. And and this is not a no joke here. I mean, I can think of maybe, I don't know, one other band, and I'm thinking Fleet Foxes. Um, that moves me in a way that I'm, you know, damn near brought to tears when I hear them. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, when, when I heard Rocky trail, dude, like just that, you know, 12 years later, finally I get to hear new music from, from my favorite folk pop duo. And yeah, dude, it just, I got choked up, man. Yeah. Not because of the, you know, necessarily the the lyrics you know or or the content of the song but just their music it just moves me in that way there's something about it yeah and um as one of the one of the top comments on youtube for the rocket trail video uh said that um just when the the world needed them the most they returned right yeah dude that's perfect all right q before we get started um you and i did something a little bit different we uh guested is that the right term, Q? Guested. We were um, we were guests on a podcast. 
We got to do some guesting. An indie music podcast is is, is what he labels it as. But uh, we were we were guests on the Bend and Scoop indie music podcast. Yeah, we got to join Bob on his uh, after show and just talk about music and vinyl and it was a lot of fun dude yeah we got to to chat about our um like our musical journey you know you and i have kind of a interesting journey because we took it together for the most part being twins right 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 yeah we got to talk about um you know growing up listening to our older brother's grunge records getting exposed to a bunch of different type of music from our Radio DJ father, things that... Hey, no spoilers, brother. Well, I mean, if you're a listener of this podcast, you already know all this stuff. But um, yeah, we got to share share a little bit about our um, musical upbringing, as it, as it were, and just chat about vinyl. Yeah, really, really cool podcast. The format's awesome. Uh, it's basically like what I imagine would be like tuning into some pirate radio from like the 70s or 80s. It, it's just a really cool like... DJ format, uh, music mixtape. You know, it's like a mixtape. Yeah, he, he kind of makes it feel like a wacky morning zoo type radio <laughs> program or something like that. Lots of uh, background sound effects and audio clips from movies and stuff. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Lots of good music too, man. Yeah. So it's like if you if you like our monthly what you heard episodes, that's kind of what every episode is for him. You know, he just brings a collection of music and then. He has a couple of, or probably just one guest usually, uh, but you know, Q, you and I, we're, we're a package deal. We come. We're together. a package deal. Yeah. yeah, been that way for years, dude. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> That's you know since the womb, basically. Yep, since the womb. But yeah, uh, check it out. We are uh, episode fifty-seven. It's the latest episode right now. So check it out, bendandscoop dot com, and um, yeah. All right, let's get into. This brand new Kings of Convenience record queue. Let's do it. All right. So we've actually done a couple of episodes on these guys, um, early episodes. So if you go back in our catalog, episode two, I believe, was Quiet as the New Loud. Was it episode two? Yeah. Wow. According to our notes, I'm looking at our notes from back then. Well, yeah, dude. So that shit, man, those notes are all the way back to our like original plan, like before we even launched... The podcast because we ended up going with uh, Riot on an Empty Street, and I don't think that was until like several episodes in. Yeah. But then we dropped Quiet as the New Loud as a bonus episode. That's right. So yeah, we, we've actually covered two of their records on this podcast. We, we did Quiet as the New Loud, which is their debut record, and the next one that came out after that, Riot on an Empty Street. So uh, some of this you may have heard if, you, if you've actually gone back and listened to those episodes, but, you know, we're going to revisit Let's some of that stuff. Let's yeah, do the cliff here's, notes. Yeah, here's basically all you need to know, right, about these guys, right? Their names are Erland Oya and Eirik Glenbeck Bo. Is that right, Q? Did I do that right? That's, that's beautiful, dude. Okay, perfect. Um, both born in 75. They've known each other for a long time. And, um, you know, basically... They both started playing guitar and became friends through that similar interest in music. And so they formed a band called Skog at age 20. Oh, man. I forgot already about them, dude. They're great. And there's an EP that you can find out there. It came out in 96. 
called Tom Tid's Tale, Tom Tid's Tale, something like that. But anyway, what they what they um, basically a few years later, they just wanted to be a duo. So this band Skog, it was them and a couple other guys, probably right. This the typical band structure, but they just wanted to trim the fat basically and just be a duo, right? They just wanted to write pretty music. Yeah, basically. Uh, here's Aaron. Here's a quote from Aaron. Um, he says, "We we used to be in a rock band called Skog." But I was getting sick of all the songs going from quiet to loud. I started wondering whether they could go from quiet to even quieter. Love it. Where the quiet bit is the most intense bit of the song, which is really interesting to think about. And I love that he takes that and their first album, he calls it Quiet is the New Loud. Dude, yeah, that's great. It's I right? love it. And yeah, another thing that, and I think we, I remember talking about this when we, when we did an episode on them in the past, because this quote always stood with me. Basically, Aaron said the reason that they wanted to make music like this was because they wanted to hear more of it. So, early 2000s or whatever, when they were doing this kind of stuff, there there was no new Simon and Garfunkel sounding music or, or Crosby, Stills, Nash, all that kind of folk stuff from the 60s. No, that was the garage rock revival period, dude. Yeah. So, they wanted to be the antithesis to the loud garage rock and grunge music that just came out of the nineties. And so they started making this folk pop type stuff, which was, you know, there was a dime a dozen bands like this out there. Right. But these guys really do stand out among the rest because of what happens when, when their voices come together. And I feel like they always threw kind of a bossa nova flair Mm -hmm. on their music as well, which, which I think you'll hear some of that in, in, in our tracks from today as well. And I wanted to say too, like, because I think we've used this term before, and I don't remember. You know, it may have just been one random article that I read that that referenced it in this way. But that period of music around the time that they burst on the scene, that's considered the you know quiet is the new loud genre, right? Yeah, and I don't remember where I read that, but it, you know, there's. Like, I guess you could put clientele in there. Yes, you could put clientele in there. You could put bands like Matt Pond PA, yeah. which is kind of an obscure band. Um, but yeah, even, you know, if you wanted to go Peter to Peter Bjorn and John. Yeah, stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, there were a lot of bands putting out music like this. But again, the, these guys were, were something special. And I think it's because of, of how they approached it, right? Two singers, right? Really quite. I mean, they, they took it to the... the the most literally, I feel like, Quiet is the New Loud. Especially when you listen to that album, dude. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're both incredible guitar players, too. I think their their actual music that they wrote was also exceptional. You know what I mean? The actual melodies and stuff stand out as well. There's some jazz elements to it. Like I said, Bossa Nova. And they brought in Feist, too. So they had that in their pocket. They had Feist uh, join them on the second record. And also this new record. So we're actually going to play one of the Feist tracks today, which is probably one of the best tracks on the record, actually, this new record. All right. So, yeah, let's just um, enough talking. Let's let's play our first track here and then uh, we will we'll keep chatting about this here. But um, one thing to note, like we said, it is two different singers and sometimes they'll harmonize throughout the entire song. Sometimes it'll be one or the other. This first song that we're playing is called Angel, and it, I think, almost 
entire like I don't know if if Ireland even shows up on this track. I think it's just Eirik. There might be some harmonizing, but I think we've got a good mix of 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 the two of them uh, with their songwriting because you can tell when it's when it's one versus the other. Um, I almost feel like Eirik's almost like the more like George Harrison or the John Lennon of the group and. Erlen's more like Paul McCartney. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> dude. That's a good call. All right, let's start here. Uh, like I said, this is primarily Irik that you're going to be going to be hearing here. Uh, but yeah, this song is called Angel. Recordings are just so perfect, man. Yeah, you want to talk about music that you have to listen to with good headphones. You close your eyes and you are in that room with them. Absolutely. That's what I love about their music, dude. Yeah, um, that is definitely something worth talking about is the quality of the production. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, dude, I actually read an interview uh with both of them actually, but Erlen's the one who, who who's speaking mostly throughout this, but I'll link to it somewhere. We don't really have notes anymore on a website, but it's a great interview from under the radar mag or magazine, uh, com. Yeah. So that's a big thing for them, even to the point that they will take however long to, until they feel comfortable with how the music sounds in a recording. They actually were going to drop this album. They actually did start recording in 2016, dude, for this album. Oh man. Okay. Yeah, so they they had this plan back in 2015. They got they came back together, had some new songs. They thought it'd be a, a cool idea to go on tour and workshop unfinished songs on tour and then come back and record That's them. That's exactly what they did. Before um, For, yeah. Declaration of Dependence. Yep. Because we used to, we, we found those old YouTube videos of them playing 
songs we had never heard before, and that was like amazing. But then he says here, the live experience is very different. You're playing in a big hall with 500, maybe 1,000 seats. Then you go into a small studio to try to record, and it sounds very different. It wasn't easy to make amazing results. So it just sounded totally different, like to the point that they didn't even like what they were hearing. And I get that, dude. It sounds totally different when you're playing in a huge hall. So, you know, they just weren't happy with it. Yeah, that's interesting because, like, there is something to be said about the recording space, you know, like not every studio is going to sound the same. Uh, I don't know if you've watched Q, that documentary about um, the studios uh, in California called Sound City Studios. There's a documentary about it. Um, is that is Dave Grohl the one that does that documentary? Yeah, he and he, you know, the thing about Dave Grohl is he, he purchased like the soundboard or something like that from yeah from the studio because it was closing down and he moved it into his home studio and brought in a bunch of artists who had previously recorded albums in that studio to record a, like a collaboration album like Tom Petty I think even um, McCartney shows up in there but anyway they're all talking but basically they're all talking about how like there is something magical about this particular studio like music sounds a certain way in this particular studio. So like, yeah, if you're to go back to Kings of Convenience, if, if they're saying that like they're workshopping these songs on tour or like just, you know, between the two of them and then they get into the recording booth and it just sounds completely different. It just, yeah. And then it feels different. Yeah. You know, it's just not you, what they wanted. You can't recreate the magic, you know, you have to yeah find a space where it can really like shine, you know? Yeah. So they continued working on it through 2016 and then there are some personal problems between them. Erlen's mom died. Eirik had some love problems, is how he put it. Things just weren't going as planned. So they just got tired of the material. And then more just, you know, life got in the way. Yeah. So five years later, we finally have something that they could be happy with, you know, and, and something they were excited about sharing with their their fans. And man, I dude, I love that this song. Yeah, and, and this song in particular, it sounds a lot like "Ride on an Empty Street" era Kings of Convenience, or at least mm-hmm. Irik. Like it, this sounds like a song that could have been on "Ride on an Empty Street." Although, you know, like collectively, I feel like their music has a very distinct. It's it's not like they changed drastically from record to record, but Declaration of Dependence had a certain sound to it. I feel like, and "Ride on an Empty Street" has a certain sound to it, and I feel like this song fits more on riot than than declaration but um yeah one thing i wanted to talk about since i just named two record the 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 names of two of these records there's a couple of themes i feel like that always come through with kings of convenience as far as like the names of the records and then something that appears on just about every record cover it's always like this um these two like almost like an oxymoron type thing right like think about the names of the all the records Quiet is the new loud, right? We talked about that earlier. How that's like, that's kind of like the dichotomy. Complete opposite. Yeah, yeah. Riot on an empty street, right? You can't have a riot on an empty street. I mean, yeah. You, I guess, I guess it's got to start somewhere. <laughs> and then declaration of dependence, right? Instead of declaration of independence. And then finally, peace or love, right? Usually, it's peace, peace and love. And love. But they're yeah. basically saying you have to. It seems to me like you have to choose peace or love because. In love, there isn't always peace. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of the music on this record is about both the joys and like the and the 
pain and stuff that comes with love. You know what I mean? That's what this record's about, basically. Yeah. A lot of their music is, is you know, just about heartache and, and relationship troubles. <laughs> yeah. So we're not actually going to play this, this song, but um, this is, I think, the lyrics in the track, Love is a Lonely Thing, which features Feist, um, the way that it ends... You know, basically they're talking about like the, the the way that this song is structured. It's kind of like um, talks about a, a, a sort of a rocky relationship, but like, you know, the trials and tribulations that comes with love. And it closes with like, love is pain and suffering. Love can be a lonely thing. Once you've known that magic, though, who can live without it? Ain't that the truth, man? But that's great. And I think that's kind of a theme of this record. So yeah, all right, let's let's pick up where we left off here. Actually, we're going to jump to a new track. And, you know, unfortunately, our next track also features primarily Eirik. So um, we could mix it up a little bit. We like to play the, the tracks in order of the um, the record, but maybe we could jump and play Washing Machine next. Yeah, let's do that. Washing Machine is a little bit more playful, too. It's the Paul McCartney song on the, yeah, on the record. <laughs> absolutely. Exactly. All right, so this is the very last track on the record. Can I just say, dude, I love their back and forth and their harmonizing on this one. Yeah, just throwing that out there. it is. It's great. I love it. And, and the lyrics are fun, too. All right, again, this is called Washing Machine. Their their songs just feel so effortless. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and that's and so going back to what what I learned from this interview here, life just got in the way. You know, back in 2016 when they were trying to record it, so it just didn't happen. And that's that's something that I really appreciate about them. Like they're not going to go into a, a studio and 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 say like, all right, we we have to get this done and we have to put it out. You know, at this certain time. They're going to take their time with it and make it sound right. They're going to take their time. And there's a great quote here from Ireland. He says, um, and this, dude, this sums up, anytime I hear a Kings of Convenience song, listen to one of their albums, 
like this quote here, it's, it just sums it up perfectly, dude. He says, music is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be fun to be in a band. It's something you should envy. Recording should sound easy. If it doesn't sound easy, you have to wait until you have an easy feeling in your body. Yeah, that's perfect. It's Yeah, dude. So like with that quote, I'm thinking of like them in the studio in 2015 and 2016, just trying to get these songs out and recording it. And, you know, it probably just felt hard. It probably felt like more of a chore. So they said, you know, what's another five years? You know, let's 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 do this again when it just when it when I when we have like a good feeling in our body. And that's dude. And that's like them respecting their fans, too. You know. They're not going to record, they're not going to put something out that, that they're not proud of and that yeah. they didn't have fun recording. And dude, and you can hear them having fun in these recordings. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think that's a key ingredient to what makes it so enjoyable to listen to these guys is that you can feel the fun that they're having. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can feel the relationship that they have with each other as friends, you know, yeah. longtime friends and musicians that have been playing together for decades. Absolutely. Um, one more thing I wanted to point out about the record covers cue, because I, 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 I noticed it and I went back and, and looked back at the last three records, at least it didn't happen on the first record, but there is a chessboard on every record. Oh shit, dude. And it's so obvious when you, when you look, well, actually they kind of make it hard to see on declaration of dependence, but right there, they're playing chess. They're playing chess here. There's a chessboard there. And then obviously very prominently they're playing chess. So not on quiet though. You can't see Not on quiet. I I looked. I even looked on the back cover of it to see. So they decided to throw in a chessboard. And maybe that's just the way that maybe they view their dynamic. I don't know. Because I was trying to I'm trying to think for like themes, or maybe it's just like Yeah. Maybe it's the the idea of like these dichotomies that they sing about, like peace, love, decoration, independence. It's like a chess game. I don't know. I'm looking for meaning and stuff, but like it's obvious they're doing it for it for a reason, right? I mean that's not a coincidence, obviously. And then, dude, get this, man. Something I noticed. On the cover of Ride on an Empty Street, Erland Oya has no shoes on and he's got brown socks. He's got no shoes on with brown socks on this new record. Again, dude, not a coincidence. <laughs> dude, you're really digging deep. Are you gonna are you gonna get one of these records and spin it backwards and see if there's any messages on it? Maybe. You should. But um, I don't know what that what that's supposed to mean, but it's cool. Well, it's cool to think that they that they're pointing back to their old records, uh, old album covers, and maybe you, maybe they just like playing chess together. Maybe that's just something they've done since they were kids, and they just thought it'd be cool to, you know, once once they decided to put a chessboard in Declaration of Dependence, they're probably like, eh, we got to let's just keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, right. I really like this album cover. The new one's really cool. It I is like really the, cool. Very minimal. The bird's eye view, looking straight down at them. It's, dude, I mean, I'm looking, it's so obvious now. Yin and yang, my friend. Look mm, at it. Mm-hmm. The way their legs yeah, are Yeah, dude, peace or love. Hello, peace. Peace sign. Oh, my. Dude, God. amazing. Uh, anyway, let's take a quick break. All right, let's 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 move along here. So we have another track here. We got two more tracks for you. We're going to end with the banger, dude. We're going to end with Catholic Country featuring Feist, but not yet. If you're a fan of Feist, you're going to love this this track. Who is, it's? I think it's hard to not like Feist. That's true. Seriously. Who dude, doesn't she, like Feist? She's always great. 
What's next, brother? All right, we're going to play track seven. It's called Killers. And this is a very, another very intimate Irish song. And man, this is, this is a great, I'm going to use the word now, Q. Hypnagogic pop. (laughs) Definitely not (laughs) hypnagogic. Although. Are you going to say haunting? Yeah, I was going to say haunting. This is a very haunting song. It's it, if it's not haunting, it's hypnagogic pop. Yeah, you know, like as far as the buzzwords on this podcast, yeah, dude, and I agree, it's haunting. It is. It really is. All right, here we go. This is called Killers. That might be my favorite Irish song, dude. Going all the way back to 2001. Yeah, dude. It's just beautiful. Beautiful. It really is. You can hear like the quivering in his voice. Like this is a really powerful song for him. You know, you can feel it. Yeah, I mean, listen to these, some of these lyrics, man. It's talking about um, killers. Won't you come here and kill some time? I've been sentenced to wait here for hours and days. Till when maybe she will be mine. The lies that you made up to hide your crime. I could have just sung, tell myself you would come in a more reassuring tone. So there you go, dude. He's he's being he's being played like like the fiddle that they sometimes feature in their songs, Q. Oh man, the the, the way that he closes the song too, we didn't get to hear it, but it's just worth mentioning, obviously, that you gotta listen to an entire track and you gotta listen to the entire album. Because sometimes they will close a song 
with something really different and and special they'll they'll have a line that they close on in a way that really like ties it all together in a and it has like a gut punch this song has one of those moments where it just ends on this like beautiful like close you know but anyway beautiful song he's such a great singer his song structures are are just something else dude his voice man his voice too gets me every time uh, i can't remember exactly I'll, I'll, I'll never find the interview again but when we featured rocky trail we quoted erlin saying um something along the lines of and, and he was referencing rocky trail uh you know it's just another great iric track that you know it's a pop song but the way it's structured is just slightly different than than the usual song structure he is he is such a phenomenal songwriter dude yeah I know that he has a side project that he did, but I don't know if, I mean, if he has, I've never stumbled upon it. If he's put anything out solo, you know, I mean, Erland has his, has his fingers on a lot of stuff. Like he's got solo stuff he's done. He produces records. He has Whitest Boy Alive, right? But I don't think Irik ever puts himself out there. But uh, anyway. All right, Q, we're going to close it with probably one of the best songs on the record. And this song features Feist. And let's just play it. This is called Catholic Country. fun dude so you you can just hear their enjoyment in coming together and recording a song it's you just feel the love dude and feist 
is always amazing, man. It's such a perfect match, Feist and these two guys. You know what I mean? Yep. It's perfect, you know? And, you know, there's things that happen in this song. I don't think we heard a piano in any of the other tracks, but... This one's definitely more lively. Yeah. So there's a piano that kind of jumps in every once in a while, and that's kind of a, again, kind of a throwback to Riot. I don't know if they did pianos in Declaration, but I know they had pianos in Riot on an Empty Street. So, and Feist coming back. I don't know if Feist is on the piano. Maybe that's what it is. But... um, Oh, yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? But anyway... Another great, great lyrics again, like, I don't remember, do you remember this quote, Q, but um, they were talking about why they write their songs uh, in English, because, you know, they're from Norway. I think they said something along the lines of, um, like, they can express their feelings a little bit easier with the English language. Yeah, it's simpler. Like, there's some things are kind of lost in the Norwegian language, something like that. I might be off. Uh, but hey, just go back and listen to, to our previous episodes on Kings because we quote them properly on that. True. And I think we even played some clips of them talking to an audience or something like that. I remember yeah. we, we played some some clips from a live show, I believe. But yeah, go back and listen to those episodes. And actually hop onto our Twitter account. Uh, we've got direct links to those uh, episodes. Yeah. Can you tell that we're just two, two huge Kings of Convenience fans? I feel like this might be a bore for people that aren't as intimate with them as we are. I'm going to, I'm going to go back to Fleet Foxes because they are one of the only other bands that does this to me. Yeah. But I do feel like an intimate connection with their music. Yeah. And that goes for Robin Pecknold, you know, Fleet Foxes as well. And maybe that's just like, you know, when we were introduced to these guys, we were in high school, you know? Um, I think the first time we heard their music was in Mexico, oddly enough. It was on like MTV2 or something like that. And it was the music video for Miss Red, uh, which was on Ride on an Empty Street. I remember. I can see it in my head, dude. I remember, yeah, I know, the, I know the video, I remember too. watching it on the TV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what a great song, too. So Ride on an Empty Street was our introduction to Kings of Convenience. So, Travis, um, something I just read from this interview that... Um, I, you know, I would have never in a million years guessed this, but, and I can't believe I'm going to reference Pecknold again, but same thing happened with Robin over the years when he goes back and listens to Fleet Foxes self-titled. Um, it's basically unlistenable to him. He doesn't like the way it was recorded. <laughs> same goes for Riot with Erland. Really? Um, yeah. So he says here, I love that record. Uh, so Riot much. on an Empty Street was a rushed record, and I think you can hear it quite well in the mastering of the record. That's something else, dude, because I, I've always thought that this record sounded amazing. I guess that just speaks to my ignorance then. Well, here's I'm going to keep reading here. So this is um, interesting. He says, uh, that might be hard to understand, the mastering or mixering, but... <laughs> mixing. Mastering or mixing, but it really changed in that last week. When we heard, oh, we just have to get it mastered. Uh, so they felt rushed. It completely mm. changed character. Uh, he says, that's also why I think that album is very popular and did very well because it was very pushed. Hmm. But when I listen now, I find it hard to listen to. I know it sounds a lot softer than that. The breathing of the compression is pretty crazy. So let me... So these guys are perfectionists, like we said. Yeah. So let me let me read on here because this, 
this kind of ties it all back, dude. He says, so on declaration of dependence, we took a bit more time and the end result is much better. That recording sounds very good, I think, but it just depends. I love this part here, dude. Which ears are you using? I'm using the ears of someone who is consciously deciding to listen to music in their home. If you're talking about radio or playing or, or being played in cafes, the other version could really work. Yeah. So he's saying Riot did really well uh, and it's really popular because... Because it was rushed by if, the label? If it's going to be... Well, no, because if it's going to be a song that's played on the radio or, you know, just yeah. played in a cafe, doesn't really matter if if the mastering and mixing wasn't to your liking. Right. But for someone... and. We're the same kind of people, Trev. Mm-hmm. We have ears of someone who is deciding consciously to sit down and listen to music in our home. Yeah. So, but the thing is, I, I, I do think Riot sounds great. But Erland knew how it sounded before they had to rush at the end and master it, and so he's saying right. that it, it 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 sounded a lot softer before they had to rush to finish the master okay. and mix it. So he, okay, yeah. So it kind of got lost in the way that it was compressed and and mastered well i will say when you when you when you pull up declaration of dependence and hit play track one sounds amazing and that's 24 25 oh man it sounds great but let me tell you what i heard from that was that it was rushed by their label if they're like all right we just got to get this mastered and it it feels to me like especially when riot came out uh, probably a lot of record labels were trying to put out records like this because there was a a sudden interest again in this kind of folky stuff. So that's interesting. And and like they said, this was probably their most popular record uh, to date. And that's probably because of the time that it came out. People wanted this kind of stuff again, or for the first time or in, a, in a while at least. And then that maybe is why it was rushed, you know? I don't think we're ever going to hear another recording from these guys that, that they're not as much in love with the way it sounds as, you know, someone who's consciously listening to it good like i I don't think he's ever going to be disappointed again they're going to make sure of it yeah and like we said earlier we had to wait 12 years for this record but that's you know that's good i'll wait however long they need to 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 get it perfect in their minds you know what i mean yeah so i've actually dude i got one last quote that kind of wraps it up nicely um when it comes to certain bands releasing records that don't sound that great um basically erland saying we're never going to do this to our fans he says um certain bands and i won't name names would put out records that weren't good and that caused me to lose my faith in the band it's serious if you at some point get really disappointed for example there are bands who are on very bad record deals and they do a record just to get out of the deal strokes (laughs) he says you can't do that because as a fan, I don't know that. I'm just listening to a bad record. So that's that's interesting, man. Like yeah. they're just like, well, we only have one more record to do in this contract. Let's just knock out a you know, so we can just knock it the, out, get out of the record deal. I don't care if it's shitty. We need to get out of this contract. Yeah, I feel so, like that's what happened with Strokes, man. Yeah, it wasn't there a lot of there was a lot of um, a lot to be said around their last record and all the imagery and stuff remember it had the rca logo very prominent like they were kind of i think they they had a lot of digs like that at the label right you know what i mean so anyway so yeah i I like that erlin is just saying like you know as a fan you don't necessarily know the reasons why a record 
from one of your favorite bands is terrible. If it's going to take another five years, you know, because they started doing this this process back in 2016 for Peace or Love. If it's going to take another five years, that's okay because, you know, we want to release a record and record a record when it's fun and when it's when it feels easy. And that's when you're going to get these awesome songs, you know. I love it, dude. I'll wait another 12 years, man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And you know these guys are going to put out more. I, I have faith that these guys will, will make music together for as long as they can. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that just fills me with all sorts of like joy, dude, to know that I'm going to be, I'm going to be enjoying music from these guys again, somewhere down the road. You know what I mean? And it's going to be just as amazing when I hit play as it was, you know, maybe a month or two ago when we, when we heard Rocky trail, you know what I mean? Yeah. But these guys are something else, man. Yeah. So I recommend for, you know, so for people that aren't as intimate with this band as we are, I think it is worth Going to find one of those, you know, full discography playlists. Now, I will say there is a remix record that they released in 2001 that's not going to be a representation of how their music sounds. So if you can find a playlist with all of their albums minus the remix album, give it a shuffle. Their music just, I don't, you know, if it's if it's been 20 years, if it's been five between recordings and between songs, I think... All their music together is just, it's worth listening to, even if it's shuffled through their whole career. Well, yeah, and it's its worth noting, Q, that their first record came out in 2001. So it, it's a 20-year... It's been 20 years, yeah. ...relationship that they've had as, as far as... Actually, they've known each other for longer than that. But, I mean, they're Kings of Convenience, um, th- that name, and them putting out music together as Kings of Convenience has been happening for 20 years, which is great. Yeah, that's cool. Nothing but love for these boys. Yeah, just so happy to hear new music from them. Yeah, uh, again, it's it's a um, stop everything you're doing and push play whenever they put out something new. And by they, I mean anything that they do. Actually, you know what? We didn't even talk about this, Q. Uh, we, we um, I mean, who, I guess you would call it Ireland, right? And one of the other members of Whitest, Whitest Boy Alive put out that live record last year. That we talked about a little bit. Oh, the yeah, the quarantine at Algonzo. Yeah, quarantine That's at Algonzo. Right. Yeah, so you may have heard something from them and didn't realize it if you didn't remember the name Ireland being tied to that record. So yeah, if, yeah. You're, if you're a fan of of these guys like we are, it's been a pretty good year, last year and this year, as far as like being able to hear new music from them. Because we heard a new Widest Boy Alive single, we had a live record from Ireland, and now we have a, a new Kings of Convenience record. So now I'm just going to wait for the the full length widest boy alive to release. Cause they must, you know, that's it's what going to be so great, man. That's what they got together to do is record that record. And that's when the locks, the lockdowns happened and they got stuck at El Gonzo. Yeah, not all the hotel. band members showed up. So they just decided to, you know, that's what a magical yeah, musical moment. Right. Dude. Exactly. That's, I think how we framed it. <laughs> yeah. Magical moments in music. That's how we ended it. Uh, each episode of, um, our 2020 countdown last year. But anyway, um, so that's that. That's our that's our look at Peace or Love, the brand new Kings of Convenience record. It's pretty brand spanking new, dude. I think it came out last week, at least at the time of this recording. So typically we don't do brand new records that are hot off the presses like this one, dude. But um, And isn't that funny, dude? With all the times that I've mentioned Fleet Foxes, that's the only other band that we've covered a brand new album on. And that was when they dropped Shore last year. Oh, what a great record. 
yeah again that's i think that's the last time we did it was for fleet foxes yeah yeah, there are certain certain bands that, that, that we'll probably do this for where we immediately cover a brand new record from them hopefully we don't get shut down for playing somewhat lengthy clips of these new tracks but you know what i feel like alan and Irik would understand you know whereas apparently kevin parker from tame impala did not it was not him dude i promise you that <laughs> it was spotify yeah, he had nothing and, to do with it. uh the australian branch of whatever i forgot what record label it was but yeah water under the bridge exactly it's only taken down on spotify dude no one knows what we're talking about <laughs> I, I thought we talked about it a little bit. We did. Anyway, so yeah, that's it. Next week, have we talked about what we're doing next week? Because you want to talk about a 180. <laughs> that's going to be a 180. Yeah, but this was, hey, you know what? Let's give another shout out to Ronnie because this was her idea for our next episode. Stroke of genius, dude. And Ronnie's our new our new Twitter uh, social media guru. She just joined the pod. Uh, she's one of our dear listeners and she's kind of just kind of helping us out with the social media stuff and we were going through our our episode ideas for the next few weeks and uh we realized that next week's episode is if you don't count the episode zero our 182nd episode uh and we have yet to cover blink-182's self-titled record all three of our favorites i believe she said it was her favorite as well Blink record. So let's do it, dude. It's the perfect time. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about perfect timing, dude. Episode 182. Um, What better band to talk about? And honestly, dude, I just, and I want to say this right now, I just want to, you know, push out good vibes and and love for Mark because he's he's battling cancer. Did you know that? Yes, I did read that. Yeah. Um, I don't think he gave specifics on the type of cancer, but he started chemo. Um, So yeah. All the love to, to him, man. Uh, we hope he uh, pulls through all that. Yeah, and this is our way to do it. Let's let's give Blink some love, and let's talk about our favorite record from the boys. Yeah, absolutely. So that's next week. That's going to be a blast, dude. What an album. I haven't listened to it in a really long time, but man. There's a lot of great stuff. You want to talk about perhaps, and maybe we can look into this, but that could be an example of a band that had a contract with a label. And that's why they kept putting out music or they just needed to make more money at some point because there had been a long a long time between the self-titled and whatever one came out after that. Well, and from what we learned about Boxcar Racer and this kind of stuff that was going on within the group around that time, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. They, they, yeah. Who knows, dude? We're going to find out. Let's do some, let's do some research because that is a huge departure from their first two records as far as sound goes. Like, it's like Blink-182 grew up and released the self-titled yeah yeah and and you know i'm probably not the only blink fan who wishes that that's what they ended on because i haven't really been a fan of what else they put out me neither i kind of gave up after because that. the the bar was so high for that record you know they did such a great job with it anyway we'll talk about that next week uh so yeah uh like we mentioned earlier follow us on twitter we're trying to be more active on there we've got some help from uh ronnie our good friend and uh you know, uh, she's more than a friend. Q. She is family. She's part of the No Filler family. That's right. At No Filler Podcast, reach out to us. Tell us what you want to hear us talk about next. Uh, if you've been listening to a band or a song in particular that you're like, man, I just fucking love this band or this song, tweet the song at us and maybe we'll feature it on our next What's Your, What's Your Heard episode. Uh, you can also get in touch with us through the website 
nofillerpodcast.com. The website itself is a little bit outdated, but there is a contact form on there that you can, you know, if you want to send us a, a lengthy message, that might be the place to do it. Uh, but yeah, that's nofillerpodcast.com. And of course, we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. That is the podcast network for music lovers, Q. Plenty of great music-related podcast content on that network. Our show is one of those shows, Q. But yeah, do you like music? I bet you do because you're listening to this podcast. Go check out more shows in our network. There is something for everyone. That's pantheonpodcast.com. And uh, we'd also like to thank AKG for sponsoring the network. That's AKG Audio. What more do you need to know? That's it, really. Well, we got an outro lined up, so I'm going to tee this puppy up, dude. That's true. We, do, we, we have a killer outro. Key, what, what are we doing? We mentioned there's a remix album that Geeks of Convenience released way back in 2001, so 20 years ago, called Versus. And it's nothing but songs from Quiet is the new loud, except for there is one uh, collaboration on here. Uh, so it's an original song for the Versus album. It's called Gold for the Price of Silver. I believe it's mainly Irik. And uh, it's a collaboration with an artist called Erot. Erot? I don't know how to say it. It's it's one word. E-R-O-T. I can't find anything on this artist, dude. I don't know if it's the... If this person provided the music, you know, like the instrumentation or what. But not a lot of uh, info on this uh, artist that they collaborated with. But... Really great song, probably my favorite. I mean, other than the remixes, you know, it's a great Kings of Convenience song. So we're going to fade us out with that one. So this is, we're going back 20 years here. Just another solid Kings of Convenience track. And that's going to close us out. Next week, we'll be shouting at you with some Blink-182 and their self-titled. Thank you, as always, for listening. My name's Quentin. My name is Travis. Y'all take care.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.